FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 351 of the podcast that goes snicked, snicked. I am your host, Jason Venable, and this is a bonus episode. Um, yeah, so through some, um, serendipitous synchronicity, (laughs) this episode will kind of serve as a companion episode, or some bonus material to the oversized episode 350. Now, before we get to that, you may have noticed, <laughs> if you're listening in order, obviously you did, if you're listening out of order, that's okay too, but uh, 350 was missing its normal accoutrement. There was no silly but awesome um, introduction by Donald Trump, <laughs> or my son Ethan. <laughs> There was no theme song or anything to speak of, and that's because it was our longest episode ever, and I guess I found out that there's a limitation on my recording software. So basically what happens is I have like a template, right? Um, So I record the episodes in in various means, either through uh, Adobe Audition or sometimes I record it right off Skype or through Audacity, and so, you know, there's usually some backups involved, you know, to make sure that whatever happens, especially when I record with other people, that that nothing is lost, and you know, if one thing fails, I got it somewhere else, right? Um, what I do though is, regardless of where the main file comes from, I have a template set up in Audition that has kind of like it's like a blank. I mean, you guys know what a template means, right? I got like some of the files set up in order, ready to go, and then I just drag in the new episode content into the template and, you know, line it up, and then basically mix it all down into one file, which then I export to Podbean, you know? Um, so apparently, somewhere right around the three-hour mark is where Adobe Audition, the file gets big enough and there's enough data that it says, you know what, we cannot perform the mix down. <laughs> and, you know, I thought about, I thought, actually thought while we were recording, when I realized just how long it was going to go, I thought, maybe I should break this episode up. But then I thought, no, it's 350. And, honestly, there wasn't really a great spot to to yank the thing in half and break it up. I thought John and I had a really nice flow. Um, and things just kind of segued into other things and just kind of kept going until we got to the end and there just wasn't, wasn't a organic spot to really kind of chop it up. Now, I didn't say I couldn't have forced it, but I, I didn't want to. I mean, it's 350. It's Weapon X for crying out loud. You don't have that in different conversation Like, going to have that all at once, and maybe, I don't know, the downloads may show differently, y'all may be like, oh, Jason, that's too much, but, um, anyway, it was what it was, and so, because of that, I cannot add in, like, the theme song, or 
the typical introductions or anything like that. And you just kind of got the naked, all by it edited file. Um, and so, yeah, there you go. I hope you enjoyed it. But anyway, uh, rather fortuitous that um, History of the Marvel Universe number two came out at, while we were recording. Well, not while, I didn't. It <laughs> wasn't hot off the press. But around the same time that we recorded 350. And this is just the happens to be the issue that's exploring Marvel history that has a page devoted to Weapon X. And so I thought it would be pretty rad to kind of tie those together a little bit. And then I'll cover a couple other comics as well, right, um, while we're here. Um, but really, just wanted to take a few minutes to talk about History of the Marvel Universe number two. Which, of course, is written by Mark Wade, penciled and colored by Javier Rodriguez, inks by Alvaro Lopez, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Uh, the cover is by Steve McNiven, Mark Farmer, and Maury Hollowell. And then, of course, we have our team of researchers, which are Jeff Christensen, Anthony Cataletta, Kevin Garcia, Daron Jensen, Rob London, Michael Sullivan. Jacob Rougemont, Stuart Vandal, Mike Fischera, and Brian Overton. Our cover, which I'm thinking, I need to get number one out. I think maybe these connect. Um, but this one focuses on kind of World War II era heroes. And most of this issue does as well. It's kind of World War One through the dawn of the hero age. But we have a Captain America and Bucky and then behind them Human Torch, World War Two era Namora. We have Mystique and Red Skull and Spitfire and Doctor Strange and Iron Fist. Um, and they grace our cover and it's a nice cover. Um, yeah, so like I said, when we talked about number one, you can't really synopsize this book because it is an and of itself a synopsis. So I'm just going to talk about a few things that really kind of caught my attention. Most of it just related to the art. Um, baby Namor is cute. <laughs> um, I didn't know Blaine's origin was so old. But then we also get this idea of Steve Rogers and kind of his rejection and everything leading up to the super soldier experiment and basically there's these little panels they have like a blurb of Steve but then these little like yellow hued panels that go across the bottoms of the pages that start with kind of Namor's birth and the creation of Blade by Deacon Frost and then kind of goes across so it's not a perfect timeline because it goes across like the bottom of World War One which, you know, talks about all those heroes. There's an awesome panel with High Evolutionary and his new men, and Wonder Woman's a rabbit guy, but his ears are all droopy. <laughs> it's pretty cute. Um, we have Steve kind of walking around the street, being all skinny and puny and sad. Um, and we see, like, the Human Torch and Baron Mordo and Dr. Druid and... When Namor fights the Human Torch, and we see, just like I said, just little panels across the bottom of, of Steve failing the physical test and not being able to get admitted to the army. And then, when we get to his page, the yellow square kind of builds into 
like the big double page spread of Captain America and Bucky and, and all that. So, so just a really cool kind of concept that Wade and Rodriguez did there. Um, it's really nice. Um, there's also a really cool panel, kind of thing that Javier Rodriguez does. And it's when it introduces Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. And it's like the top two-thirds of the page. And on the left side, we have these big block numbers, one, two, three. And then on the right side, stacked on top of each other, a G and O for go. So one, two, three, go. But the background is white, and the action is all inside the letters. And it's just really cool. It looks really nice. Um, the other panel after that is Steve and... Bucky kind of at the end of the war when they're they're fighting Barazino's drone and we see like this the, the whole like left side of the page is like this falling body of Steve Rogers and all the art of Steve falling into the ice and into the icy water is inside the body and then the drone kind of flying out of his leg and then explodes and then of course we see the Russians finding Bucky it's just a really cool and striking visual um looks really great um you know i was it's interesting for me because i kind of knew like the the different captain americas and stuff like that like you know how that kind of got retconned to be like different people and and stuff it was fun to kind of see it like laid out and just a very brief like like synopsis um and then, you know, we see Winter Soldier and Agents of Atlas and some other stuff. Um, there's a Sabretooth appearance, very briefly, uh, which re- harkens back to that, um, what was it, 1959 Avengers or whatever it was called? It's actually in the notes here. Yeah, Avengers 1959, the miniseries by uh, Howard Chaikin and whoever may or may not have written that, if it was somebody else. But we get a nod to that called the Avengers Initiative that Nick Fury put together in the during the Cold War, and of course Sabretooth is a member of that. And then we get a really awesome page of Weapon X of bright colors, and we kind of have like Logan and the science team, and inside the bubbles are like images of Team X, and then we have kind of x-rayed on his hand as the claws pop out and it's kind of like a neon colors and then we have a really small kind of panel of him breaking out but it's really cool because one of the things we talked about in 350 was a lot of these a lot of the art including some of the covers by bws had these kind of like colored squares it was kind of like this 80s tron looking thing well rodriguez duplicates that in this panel of wolverine escaping like it's all kind of in hot pink or red like showing the berserker but then there's a little space behind him that has like these colored digital squares it's really cool and then of course a naked wolverine escaping down the snowy mountain with blood soaked hands and claws but it really kind of succinctly ties you know weapon x into the history of the marvel universe it talks about uh andre thornton better known as the professor Use Mr. Sinister's abandoned work to attempt to create superpowered warriors of his own. Weapon Plus yielded a group of black ops soldiers called Team X. 
Preeminent among them was a bone-clawed mutant with healing abilities, the Canadian James Hallett, known as Logan or Wolverine. Logan, Silver Fox, Maverick, and others worked in secret, both for the Weapon Plus program and for the CIA. Leaving government service after accidentally shooting a fellow agent, Logan was captured by an offshoot group, Weapon X, in an attempt to remake him as a living weapon, they infused his skeleton, including his claws, with the indestructible metal known as adamantium. Reduced to a near-mindless state, Logan broke free of his reprogramming, destroyed his tormentors, and wandered into the Canadian Rockies. He would soon be recruited in, can, into Canada's Superhuman-Oriented Department H. Which, man, one page takes a lot of convoluted Wolverine backstory and puts in a nice little sequence, um, including, like, you know, the part that, that starts off the Weapon X miniseries with him, you know, being in a bad place after accidentally shooting, uh, this here it says a fellow agent. Um, I don't think that was really specified completely, though it may get in other stories. Also interesting, I wanted to correct something I said in episode 350. You know, I was talking to John, we were talking about the mysterious benefactor and how that kind of changed from its original intent, and then we talked about what our preferences were. And I said I thought it'd be cool if it was Mr. Sinister, but, you know, Apocalypse kind of masterminding because, they, you know, they've been retconned to have a relationship together. Um, and I forgot that that's kind of been done. They're not necessarily orchestrated Logan's experiment, but the, even going back to Origin 2 had a, had a big hand in Logan's background, and then definitely had a hand in the Weapon Plus program. So, so when I said I wish that, you know, I, I forgot that I already had some of that wish fulfillment in reality. So, um, yeah, but it was cool to just kind of see it all laid out, and it's just a really cool artistic page. Uh, I mean, Javier Rodriguez does great stuff with panels and art and colors. Um, it was a cool nod to like the Red Skull story with Peter Parker's parents and the starting of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. Kind of retcons everyone's war involvement to Vietnam, including like the Richards, so that no more World War II for Reed Richards. Um, you know, obviously changes the time where Thor was banished uh, by Odin to be Donald Blake. Um, and then it ends with the Richards about to steal the spaceship that's going to turn them into the Fantastic Four. But anyway, again, and then of course we have a whole several pages of, of notes and references of where all these events took place and where you can read the actual stories, um, which is very lovely. Um, yeah, just another kind of great volume of Marvel history as portrayed by Wade and Rodriguez. Um, and, you know, definitely do credit to Wade and the research team for kind of organizing and pulling everything together, but definitely the hero of the book is Javier Rodriguez and Alvaro Lopez. Because if this doesn't look the way it does, then it's just kind of an essay. <laughs> Which is not bad in and of itself, but, you know, then you can just you could just do that in like a Wikipedia article. But the art really makes this bad boy pop. Um, the, like I said, there's a couple of just really standout scenes, but all of it 
is beautiful. Um, so I'm going to give History of the Marvel Universe number two. It's hard to rate this book. I don't remember if I did rating on number one, but I guess I'm going to say six out of six claws because I highly, highly recommend it. So as we did last time, we're going to kind of tie in this other story, this a history, <laughs> and we're going to talk about Marvel Comics Presents, this time number eight. This has a cover by Arthur Adams, which f focuses on Spider-Woman in the correct newly designed costume. Um, Silver Fox, I think is in, no, I'm sorry, White Fox. Silver Fox is something different. And uh, Wolverine, of course. And it's a pretty nice cover. Um, so our Wolverine story is The Vigil Part 8. Wow. Uh, written by Charles Soule, penciled by Dio Neves. Inks by Oren Jr., colors by Frank Diamarda, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Now remember, Wolverine has met his daughter, Rain, and she wants nothing to do with him, says, you know, we're not, I'm nobody's daughter, I, I, I'm just my mission. And so they met up in Mumbai where, where Logan's really old and really skinny, and he says, I'm going to hell. And you're going to take me. Because I can't go without you. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. I'll get some other magician. Um, <laughs> and he you know, kind of says, you know, you're my daughter, whether you want to be or not. Um, you got a healing factory. You got claws. Then you also got your magic for your mom. Um, she's like, fine, I'll take you to hell. But getting there is the easy part. Getting out is impossible and you know Logan says hey I didn't know about you I would have helped you earlier I'm sorry and you know he's like no it's fine and she opens a portal and there's a door to hell and he's like how do I get in she's like just not and like I said getting in is easy and there's a demon that's been waiting for him and she, he grabs Logan there's this really cool scene of, like, just black. Um, and it's Logan being tortured in hell and how hell is having a party and they're all, they're all, they are all arguing over his soul. I guess they forgot to read Wolverine in Hell. Um, <laughs> but, um, they're, they're, like, gonna pass him around, it seems like. But then cutting out of the black is Witcherine. Um, with her magic bone claws and it's just a really cool panel of her cutting through the black towards the reader it's really nice and so she she saves logan's soul in hell and they're about to just kind of slice their way through a bunch of demons but then they find her mom and she's on like this wheel tied upside down there's like all these ravens like pecking at her and clawing open her stomach. And it's, it's kind of a gruesome scene. But um, anyway, uh, this story had kind of picked up momentum and was kind of going places. And this part's okay. Um, really miss Sakira's art. Nothing against Neves. He's not bad. It's just something about the way Sakira's been drawing this story that's been kind of perfect. 
and then definitely lose a little stuff here. Um, you know, it's not all the same. I mean, I'm still kind of interested in Witch Marine. I'm still not quite sure how this or if this fits into regular continuity. And talked ad nauseum last time about what that may or may not mean to the ultimate uh, speculation value of, of her debut. But, um, but the story's fine. I mean, they go to hell, they find the mom. Uh, and the reason they're going to hell, Logan doesn't want to wait every 10 years to fight the truth. He wants to go to hell at his home turf and kill him there. And he feels like together they could do that, even though he didn't really ask her to come. But she comes and saves him anyway. Um, and decides that she's going to go on this kind of hellish journey. Of course, I guess now they'll, they'll take a sidebar to try to rescue the mom. Um, yeah, I would, I would still give this four out of six squads. Probably could have been five if, if Sikiera had drawn it. But um, anyway... Um, so, don't really want to talk a lot about the other stories, but the Spider-Woman story is interesting, because it's nice and fun, and basically, she's unmasked on the internet, but she's like, that's not me. And so this other person made like a fake video, but she starts getting death threats, and so Jessica, of course, is going to go protect her. Um, and she's doing okay, there's some nice art as, as she does this. But at the very end, while she's fighting a bad guy, this this girl runs off and gets run over by a bus and killed. And it's kind of dark. But then it's played like a joke, which I didn't really like. Because there's no, like, consequence. Like, Jessica's like, no! But then later, she's just on the internet, like, la da la da la Oh, no, copycats. More copycats. Okay, well, guess best, guess I better go help them. Maybe they, Maybe they won't get run over by buses. And I don't know, it just, it was played like a joke, and maybe like dark comedy, but it didn't, the rest of the story didn't play as dark comedy, so it was like, it was, it's lighthearted, it's not super serious, but it's kind of like just a good, decent Spider-Woman story in her redesigned costume, um, which looks fantastic. And should always exist. Um, but it kind of comes out of nowhere. Where this, this lady just gets run over by a bus. And kind of. Uh, pun. Unintended. Uh, hit me the wrong way. <laughs> then the White Fox story. Is also kind of too 90s sexy. In the art. There's the obligatory. White Fox in the shower scene. And then of course wearing just a towel. And a couple of really like tight ass shots. Um, other than that, the story was fine. Um, but yeah, so that's Marvel Comics presents number eight. <laughs> um, also, in the back of this Fearless book, which is kind of like stories with uh, female Marvel characters. Um, Fearless number two, which by the way has an awesome storm cover by um, Yuri, what's his name? Oh shoot. Sorry, Yasmin Putri. Um, oh man, it's such a good cover. It's just rad. It's storm like shooting lightning at some rocks and it just looks really, really, really awesome. But anyway, there's a backup story for X23, which is written by Ironheart writer uh, Eve Ewing. With art by Elida Martinez and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Um, 
So the regular story focuses on Captain Marvel, Storm, Invisible Woman, and Miss Marvel. Um, I read the first one. I've not read the second one in this issue yet. I will. And it looks fine. I mean, it's been kind of fun, I guess. It's not, like, great. But um, it's fun enough. And um, then there's also a night nurse story, which involves Doctor Strange. Um, that's fine, too. Um, but our X-23 story is what I want to talk about. And it's basically Laura and Gabby, or X-23 and Scout, uh, fighting this time Obsidian Industries, another company that is cloning stuff. But it turns out it's just a setup. They leaked news of them using the cloning stuff to try to trap Laura and Gabby. They don't really say why, necessarily. I guess they just thought, well, maybe they really are doing stuff, so that if we leak it, we can at least control when they come, versus just kind of not knowing when they'll come, when they may or may not find out. But also what's kind of confusing is they linked the location to a location where they actually had like a bunch of kids kidnapped. Instead of like saying, oh, let's send them to this location where, <laughs> you know, we can just have a team waiting and nothing else. So Laura and Gabby are able to free the kids, and it's, it's a nice, very brief story. It's like one, two, three, oh wow, it's only three pages. So, not a lot of time to do a lot. Um, you know, the fight is literally like two panels <laughs> of them just assuming that they cut through the guards, and they free the kids, and of course, Gabby's like, you know, we've been in a cage. It's not fun. We're going to get you out of here. And they do. And that's nice. Um, and the art's good. I'm not real familiar with Alina Martinez, but it's good art. And the story's fine. Um, I think, you know, it definitely kind of stays in the vein of what Taylor and uh, Mariko Tamaki had been doing with Laura and Gabby. I mean, it has a good band tour and everything. Um... That part's fine. You know, Laura talks about, hey, I'm going to help you with your part of the mission. You know, I appreciate... You know, they kind of restored that, that friend, friendship and partnership and sisterhood that was kind of jeopardized by, by Laura being kind of stubborn. Um, and it's just kind of a fun issue with them talking and fighting and, and doing the right thing and saving some kids. And that part's cool. Um, I think it's too short to really accomplish what it wants to accomplish, maybe. So I would give this... Uh, probably three out of six claws, but I'm glad it's there. I'm glad I got to see them again together. Um, I missed that a lot. And doesn't look like that's going to be happening post-Hickman anytime soon. I know uh, X-23 is in that um, Fallen Angels book, and I'm hoping Gabby might show up, but has not been said for sure. But anyway, that's has nothing to do with this issue. Um, but yeah, Fearless number two. So that's that. Um, also, worth mentioning, I, there's that uh, Infinity Warps, I guess Secret Warps uh, annual type crossover. I've not been reading it. I missed, I read the first issue and meant to cover it and forgot, and then missed the second issue. And so, I'm if I remember and decide I want to, I may go back and cover it once the whole thing is on Marvel Unlimited. Um, because it does involve our, our, uh, 
weapon hex and uh, I forget what they called Gabby and Quicksilver together. Um, anyway, Silver Badger or Honey, Honey, Quick Honey. I don't know. I don't remember what it was called. But um, anyway, so if I think about it and I read it on Marvel Unlimited once it's all out, then I'll mention it on here. But I didn't just at least want to acknowledge in case you're looking for me to talk about it that since I missed a couple issues, I will not be doing it right now. <laughs> Because I can't talk about what I can't read. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's our episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, kind of a partner episode 350. Um, yeah. So, as always, for the podcast that goes snit, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snitcast. Show notes and stuff are at snitcast.podbean.com. Um, retweets and Facebook shares are always appreciated and you know doubly appreciate been seeing a kind of uptick in the downloads of the episodes and I'm thinking largely I mean hopefully just by 350 episodes just more people are noticing but I think also I definitely want to give credit where credit's due I think you guys are helping me out with the retweets and the Facebook shares and I really appreciate it and I think it's you know drawing more attention to the show and so I appreciate you sharing it. Um, so from the bottom of my... Or no, from the base of my claws. Thank you very much. Um, so that's going to do it. Till next time, everybody. Hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked. <laughs>